Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. So God has already designed a purpose for our life. So in your question to know, what is God's will? Is this really coming from the Lord? It will be, or the answer will be, in the area of directing you to get into or to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. If you will, look at another verse here found in Romans. It says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Now that's for us all to know. But you could take that same verse and personalize it. God has given me the ability to do certain things well. And so... I want to get into my zone. I want to get into my sweet spot and to be able to do that. Would you watch this with me now? Hey, Susan, I found out what God wants me to do in ministry here at IBC. Great. Now what is it? I hope it's something better than I want to join the mafia. Oh, yeah. Three words for you. Single women's ministry. I feel it. Yeah, it really fits my heart and my shape. Excuse me? What in the world are you talking about? How does the single women's ministry fit your shape? Well, I've been working out a lot lately. Don't want to brag, but check it out. I'm in the right shape for it now. But you said it fits your heart, too. How is that so? I love single women. (laughs) What could be more fitting? You have no idea how really out of shape you are. Well, just remember, though, each one of us have our own shape, and that shape is something that's been designed by the Lord, and we, we give the Lord so much pleasure when we discover that, and then we do it with all of our heart, soul, and mind with His power for His glory. And here's the fifth one. Is it in my area of responsibility? Is it in my area of responsibility? Look at Romans 14, 10, and 12. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, so then each of us shall give account of himself to God. And so what we want to do is to make sure that we stand alone before the Lord for all that he has required out of us. Some of us have a great deal of stress in our life because we now become the, what we think, the voice of God. Excuse me, I have to sneeze here. I'll make sure I try not to do it with the microphone on full blast volume, all right? All right, back to this. Each one of us are individual before the Lord, and we're going to stand before the Lord, and we're going to be judged by, did we do what we did in love for Him first, and loving those whom He loves, others? Did we do it with a motive to bring glory and honor to Him? Thirdly, did we do it in faith So in other words, what we did, did we do it with the right motive? So motives comes a lot more ahead of mechanics and what we end up doing in a functional way. So again, we have to give an account of that. What happens though in our stress life though, is we think that we have to be the voice of God and tell everybody else what they must do in all their areas of responsibility. And we have to be careful for that and vice versa. Some people often, they then step out of their role and they then think that they can tell us what we need to be doing And they don't really know what our responsibility has been given to us by the Lord. 
And young people, I'd like you to listen to this because you're often caught in this particular dilemma. Because you're young yet, you often have parents over here on one side. You have your grandparents on the other, perhaps. You'll have teachers. You might even have a job. You'll certainly have law enforcement. You can have spiritual leaders if you're functioning in a church or a ministry. So you'll have various authority figures in your life. And sometimes you can hear from them things they want you to do or places they want you to go. And you're conflicted to know, well, where do I go and how do I do that? Well, I can tell you that your very first choice of who you would go to and who you should respond to, your area of responsibility is with your parents. And so now if you struggle with your parents and you've got some issues there, then that's where we need to step in and try to help that out so you can hear clearly what God would have you from your parents. Because your parents will love you forever. Teachers will come and go. Jobs will come and grow, go. Ministries might even come and go. But you'll always have your parents, especially in this church, because our parents, you parents, really do love your kids. Maybe it'd help you if I could tell you a Bible story. This Bible story I'm about to tell you is not just some little story that's in the Bible that we might have with colored pictures. This really happened. The people I'm talking about are real people that existed. One person, of course, was Jesus Christ. The other person was a guy by the name of Peter. And you know Peter. He always was kind of speaking with his um, foot in his mouth. He had athlete's mouth because he always spoke kind of wildly and crazy without thinking. One time Jesus was saying to Peter, Peter, you are going to suffer as a Christian and you're going to suffer so much that your death will be so painful. In a sense, the point of your death is going to be horrific. You're going to have to go through that. Now, how would you respond if the Lord actually told you that? Here's how Peter responded. He looked all around and he said, Hey, look at this guy, John. What about this guy? And the Lord gave the most classic answer to remind all of us to get back into our own little box. And he said this, it has nothing to do with John. It has everything to do with you. I'm going to put it in Ponzism. Peter, what I do with John is none of your beeswax. has nothing to do with you. And so what I'd like you to do, folks, is for us to understand what is, God, what is our responsibility as a person, individual, as a parent, whether you're a single parent or not, as a partner, if you're married, as a professional person providing in some measure, whatever your role might be, what is your responsibility? And when you get into that, you're going to be getting into a safe zone with the Lord. So I really encourage you to do that. Watch this now, will you? Hey, Susan, could I talk to you for a minute? I was praying last night, and God spoke to me again. Again? What did God tell you this time? Well, this time it was about you. God told me your secret sin. Wait, God told you my secret sin? My secret sin is between me and God. God knows it, and I know it. Why would he want you to know it? Well, I guess he just figured that I should know everything about the woman I'm going to marry. Wait, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Marry me? Where did that come from? No offense, but you're a little old for me. Well, you can fight it, but God said it's going to happen. So you can count on it. Thanks, folks. That was great. <laughs> Some of you might know this, but many years ago, I was dean of men at Florida Bible College. Been that for a few years. 
And being dean of men, I didn't know a whole lot about the women because there was a dean of women, but I knew a lot about the guys. But often the dean of women would come into my office and would give me a caution about one of the guys who literally would have conversations almost identical to what you have just heard. God told me we're going to marry. And the scary thing was, is when God would tell the woman, I'm going to marry this guy. And he had no idea that he would ever marry them. Now that might sound a little light to some of you, but for a moment, go with me in your mind and think about this. There's been a lot of tragedy done today because people would speak to others in the name of God and think about, think about what kind of damage that has been done because of that. It would not surprise me that someone listening to the sound of my voice this morning is now living a situation because someone else told them that they were speaking for God and they chose to either invest that money, do this, enter or exit relationships, change careers or whatever. And now you're thinking, maybe I shouldn't have listened to them. Now, some of you are probably saying, but didn't you, Pastor, say a moment ago that the faith family should speak into your life? And here you're saying to be careful of that. Yes, I am saying that, and it does sound like a contradiction. But remember that the cornerstone of truth is still, is it found in God's Word. Now, those of us who are in a pastoral counseling mode that we sometimes have to be, and some of you parents are like that, there are times that you do have to speak to others. When you do that, there are a couple of things you might want to keep in mind. First of all, when you do speak to them, make sure that you realize that the true counsel that you're going to give to them is going to be the Word of God. David said he delights in the Word because they are his counselors, plural. We know that Jesus Christ has, like I said earlier today, many names. Emmanuel was one. He's also known as the Wonderful Counselor. So now you take those two together, the Lord Jesus Christ and you take his word, and if you know the Lord, and you want others to know the Lord, and you're using the word, then you're giving biblical counsel to that person. Not so much, should you marry this person or not that person. It might be, should you even get married at all? What does the Bible have to say about sacrifice and commitment and being unselfish and to care for the other person and to serve them and add value to their life? So it's not so much about, is it this woman or that woman? It has to deal all with ourselves on the inside. So we need to keep that in mind. Let me go to the sixth question. And that is, is it a conviction or condemnation? When you're hearing something, is it a conviction or a condemnation? Now, I need to make that clear because sometimes when you hear things, you're put underneath what is known as condemnation. Now, there's a lot of difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation often comes to you without anything specific. It's more of a general feeling of overwhelming guilt that you have. You feel so dirty, so badly. And that comes from not God. That comes from Satan. Because Satan wants to take that which God has made and the purpose for getting out of that junk and to be made right, Satan takes it and destroys it by making us feel so condemned. Because in Christ Jesus, there is no longer any condemnation. Now, conviction is different. Conviction is a little bit more like a laser into our life. It now identifies a particular sin. Now, how do we respond to that? Well, if we feed our thinking on, I've sinned, and we take it to the next step, I'm really a wicked sinner, I am so bad, I am so unworthy, I can't really do this. That move from that moment of conviction to condemnation. Now, how long should it take to go from the conviction 
and not go into condemnation. That guilt time should only be about a nanosecond. It should be enough where that it is brought to your attention through the Spirit or maybe others that you have done something that was clearly against Scripture. That moment of guilt that you have, that very split second, should be enough for you to take ownership of it to say, I have, I have done wrong. I am, I am wrong for this. The right way then to respond immediately is to go to the one who's going to take away that guilt. And you confess that sin to him so you then can move on. Look at the verse here, if you will. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the idea is this. When someone is speaking to you, is it condemnation that you're receiving, judgment from those people, or is it a clear thought because they love you, they pointed out an error, and the Spirit of God said, in that one area, you have sinned, and you immediately take care of it, and you walk away so clean, so edified, fit, prepared for the Master's use. Watch this, won't you? It's not that bad. It is that bad. What's the big deal? I'm scum. You're not scum. You're right. I'm not scum. I'm pond scum. I'm not even that good. I'm the parasite that feeds on pond scum. Oh, come on. You're a great gal. No, I'm not. If I were a tube of toothpaste, nine out of ten dentists would not recommend me. <laughs> what are you talking about? What have you done that is so bad? That's the thing. I just can't put my finger on it. But God is making me feel guilty all the time. I feel bad about everything. Doesn't it say that guiltiness is next to godliness? God does not make a believer feel guilty. It's all been forgiven and paid for. Maybe you should take a look at where that guilt is really coming from. You're right! I'm scum! <sighs> So what might come to you is someone might say from Scripture that you're a sinner. We all are. Admit that you're a sinner and then go to the one who will forgive you of all sin. You don't get rid of that sin by then doing good deeds. You do it simply by coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, you died on the cross. You said you'd forgive me if I trust in you alone. And the Bible says God will forgive me of all sin and you'll have eternal life. And those of you who are Christians... I want you to remember that when you do sense that sin and you confess that sin to the Lord, God opens up a whole new vista of usefulness for you. Don't ever forget that your worst enemy won't be those people that bring words to you that might not be biblical, but it will be Satan who accuses you before the Father. Look at the verse. It says this, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and he does this all the time. And the good news is, is the Lord is right there saying, yes, Satan, Stan Pons is a sinner, He's done things wrong, but Satan, I have paid his sins. I have forgiven him of all sins, and he can stand clean before the Father. And that's the joy that you have. So when someone comes along to you and piles up on you, you take it back to the Lord, and you say, Lord, I did this here. I'll take ownership of it. I'll forgive myself, and I'll get forgiveness from the Lord, and I'll move on. Here's the last one. And that is, am I experiencing God's peace? The reason I put that last is because sometimes peace can be more of an emotion than an act of conscious thinking. And so I wanted to make sure that you understood the proper position of that. Look at the verse. It says this. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Scripture says Jesus is our peace. 
Jesus provides peace and Jesus preaches peace. So when you think of Christ, you can think of peace. So if you have confusion in your life or there are things in your life that are showing tremendous amount of instability because of decisions that you are making, if you're feeling that, that I don't even know how to describe it, it's not guilt, I'm going to call it a yucky feeling inside of you. If you're just not sensing at one time when you did have that confidence in the peace of God, then I want you to know that that's not coming again from the Lord. It's really coming from Satan. And so confusion is going to be out there and God is one who wants to remove the confusion that you might have. Look, if you will, in Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now, if you will, you could say, Let the word of God rule in my heart. Because when I do that, it eliminates the confusion and I have peace. And so if I want to know what's the right decision to make, is it coming from someone who is sharing the word? Is this going to bring glory to the Lord? Is it biblical? Watch this now. God, I feel like you're giving me direction in my life right now, but please help me with my financial troubles. House payment! And God, help the kids to get better grades in school. Family grades! God, please help me and my husband to get through this really hard time we're having. Big fight! God, help me at work. Gonna get fired. God, I don't know about this whole peace thing. If this is peace, it sure doesn't feel like it to me. Well, you can have peace of God and you can also have peace with God as you respond properly to God's word. In closing, I would say this. God does speak to those who are his children. And if you're saying, I don't really know if God's speaking to me, I, I need another voice in my life that will give me the direction that I need. And I don't mean an audible voice, but you know what I mean. If you want to have that, it says his children will know his voice. So maybe your first step is to get into God's forever family. So he's not just God. He's your most loving, benevolent, caring father then even when he has to put you back on the right path again he does it with the most tender mercy he'll do what he can to get you to respond properly to him how do you do that simply admit to the lord that you have sinned we all have and he knew that and so he was quick to remove that sin when jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for us and he rose again and all we have to do is to admit we're a sinner jesus is the lord and that the only way to get into his family and into heaven and to have your sins forgiven is to do what he told you to do. Believe in him. Jesus says, he that believes on me has right now everlasting life. Listen, if you ever want to hear from God, now's the time to hear him speak to you when he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. He's talking to you right now. My lips... His words, my mouth, his heart, my voice, his life. He did all of that so you could have eternal life. I pray you'll call upon him right now to be your forever savior so he will now guide you through the rest of your life and you'll have eternal life later. Have it now, but you'll receive it later. And then for those of you that are Christians, if you have been wanting to hear God's voice, 
and you've been hearing a lot of things, and you're going through a lot in your life, take out this list with all the scripture passages and begin to go through that because I believe this is God's biblical filter system so you can hear God's voice and to know it is God speaking to you and not something else. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're going to have an opportunity now to respond to God in a sense whether or not you hear from Him. He wants to hear from you. And so maybe for some of you right now in your own heart, you want to call upon the Lord to be your forever Savior. And all you need to do is to say, Lord, I know I've done things wrong. I know that I don't deserve to go to heaven, but I believe you died on the cross and you rose again and will forgive me of all my sins. So I come to you, not with a promise of good deeds, but with my faith alone in you. And I want to thank you for giving me eternal life. I know I'm going to heaven now because you promised it in Scripture. Now, I don't know how you want to say that in your own words as long as the words that you share are coming from an authentic heart of complete and only trust in Christ alone. Now, if you're communicating that to the Lord, Jesus says this, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God so that you could know you have eternal life. And he said that through his his uh, uh, disciple, his apostle, John. He wanted you to know that. If you believe in him, you can know you have eternal life. Don't have to doubt it. So I'd like to pray for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, would there be anyone in here today that would say with an uplifted hand silently, not coming forward, not kneeling here at the front, but in your heart you're saying, Pastor, I trusted Christ as my Savior and I want you to know that I heard God speak to me I know that I'm a sinner, but today I believe I'm a sinner. I believe that I needed a Savior, and right today I am trusting in Christ alone. It's moved from my head to my full being that I am trusting in Christ alone, and I'm in His forever family. I heard that my sins can be forgiven. I heard there's a home in heaven. I heard that I have eternal life now. I heard the true message from God. Is there anyone in here with heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around that said today is the day that you heard that and you trusted Christ as your Savior today? Would you slip up your hand real high, real fast, real fast, real high? Do I see a hand? Anybody? All right, Christians. How many of you would say, Pastor, I want to thank you in a sense for what God gave to me today. I am so grateful to the Lord. I've picked up some things that will help me in discerning a message from God in my life and for decisions I have to make. Would you pray for me now that I will apply these by the power of the Holy Spirit, that I'll allow Christ to live out His life in me as I go through these principles today. Would you pray for me? Would you slip up your hand? Is there anyone at all? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this. I thank you for our people who so much desire to be right on, spot on with you. And so, Father, for those today, I pray that if they haven't trusted you as Savior, that they would, that they would thank you for forgiving them of all their sin and for having them to be born again into your forever family. And so, Lord, I pray for them now that if it's not today, they would still turn their ear and heart toward you and they would continue to listen. And any voice that they hear that tells them that there's any other way to heaven, they would not hear it. That if there's any other group that's denouncing Christ and who he is and what he has done, they would not hear it. And then, Father, for those in here who have, who 
indicated that they really want to follow this, then Lord, I ask then that they would seek you for the forgiveness for allowing sin to come between them and you where they have not been hearing from you like they should, where they knew that things were wrong, but they allowed them to come into their life anyway, and that are now coming to you thanking you for forgiving them because they've named that as a sin and you promised to do so. And that now, Father, from this day forward, they are going to slow their life down so they can really hear you speak. And so, Father, they're going to seek these principles of your word, wanting to become like you, gathering together with godly Christians in a faith family, that they're going to be very careful as they hear these words to make sure that they're coming at it with the right motive. And Father, I pray too that as they seek your face, that they're doing it because you love them and designed them for a purpose. Now, Father, help us to be a great church, a church that is right in the very center of your perfect will at all times. Now, Father, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.